This morning in our journey through the Gospel of Mark, we pause again in the 12th chapter where a teacher of the law asked Jesus a question about the most important commandment. It is also where Jesus asked the teachers of the law a couple of questions about the Messiah. And so we find the story over Mark 12, verses 28 through 37. Let me read it for you. It says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them good answers, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength. And love your neighbors yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. While Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, How is it that the teachers of the law say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself called him Lord. How then can he be his son? The large crowd listened to him with delight. Let's pause for prayer. Dear Father, I pray that you will help us today to have understanding of the lessons that you had for us in, in this passage. God, I pray that Jesus will speak into our lives today. And God, that we will not only be hearers of your word, but that we'll be doers. Bless us in these moments. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. There's one verse in today's scripture that troubles me. It is Mark 10, 34, which says, When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. It was obvious that Jesus was impressed with the response the teacher of the law had given him. The teacher was wanting to know and understand the truths of Scripture, but that's not enough. Jesus told him that he was close. He was this close to entering God's kingdom, but he was not there yet. Can you imagine being just this close to entering God's kingdom and never entering it? You've probably all heard the expression, close never counts, except in horseshoes. I mean, the goal of horseshoes may be to throw a ringer around a stake, but you can also get points by a leaner or by having the closest horseshoe to the stake. But people, that's not the way it works when it comes to the kingdom of God. You're either in or you're out. God decides. Now, I want to be in God's kingdom. And I believe that we all would want to be in God's kingdom. 
We, we just don't want to end up this close to the kingdom and miss out. And we certainly don't want our friends and families just to be this close to the kingdom and miss out. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he had been proclaiming the good news of God, the good news of God's kingdom. Look back at Mark, verses 14 and 15. It says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus said that the time promised by God had come at last. The prophecies of old were being fulfilled, and the promised kingdom of God was near. It was right at hand. It wasn't something afar off. It wasn't just a dream. God's kingdom was near to them right then, and it is near to us right now. Of course, as we have learned from most Jews in that day, they thought that God's kingdom was going to be a powerful earthly kingdom that would overthrow the evil control of Rome. But God's kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. It is a spiritual kingdom where the Messiah rules in people's hearts and lives. And right then, the Jews could have been a part of God's spiritual kingdom. And right now, you and I can be a part of God's spiritual kingdom. But as Jesus said, they needed to repent and believe the good news to enter the kingdom. And so we need to do the same to enter God's kingdom. To repent, turning our lives away from sin and towards Jesus. And to believe the good news, entrusting our lives and our eternities to Jesus. Now that lesson is at the heart of this morning's story, which teaches us three truths about entering God's kingdom. The first truth is this. It's not enough to know what the Bible teaches about love. I mean, you don't enter the kingdom of God by just knowing what the Bible teaches about love. It was, again, a teacher of the law who asked Jesus that question the day, that day, about the most important commandment of the Old Testament. Now, this was a man who would have spent his days writing out copies of the Old Testament, studying and discussing the meaning with other scribes, and then teaching the people what they all thought it meant. The topic of the most important commandment was often discussed and debated among them. See, see, there were some 613 different commandments in the Old Testament, but which of them was the most important? This teacher of the law wanted to know what Jesus thought. Maybe to test him or maybe out of sincere interest, of all the commandments, which is the most important? To answer that question, Jesus quoted two scriptures from the Old Testament. The most important commandment came from the book of Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. 
Nothing to Jesus was more important than loving the one true God. Loving Him with all your heart and emotions. Loving Him with all your soul and being. Loving Him with all your mind and thoughts. And loving Him with your strength and passion. <laughs> loving God with our whole selves was the most important commandment. But there was another commandment he said was equally important. And this one came from the book of Leviticus. Real simple, love your neighbor as yourself. Loving other people the way that you love yourself. Treating others as you treat yourself. According to Jesus, there was no greater commandment than these two commandments to love God with all that we have and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And the teacher of the law seemed to agree with Jesus saying that he was right in choosing those two commandments. And then he added something to what Jesus had said. Look at what the teacher said, Mark 12, verse 33. Again, it says this, To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifice. This teacher said that these two love commandments were more important than all of their burnt offerings and sacrifices. He recognized that all of those sacrifices and all of those burnt offerings were meaningless unless they were an expression of their love. See, God has always wanted his people to love, beginning with the Israelites all the way down to us as disciples of Jesus. We are to love him with all that we have, and we are to love others as we love ourselves. But knowing all about love is not enough to enter into God's kingdom. That's when Jesus said those troubling words to the teacher of law, you are not far from the kingdom of God. In other words, he was telling this teacher of the law, Man, you have taken a big step towards entering the kingdom. You understand the importance of love, loving God and loving others. But you are not there yet. And people, we are not there yet. If all we do is understand the importance of love, that's the first truth. You and I can't enter the kingdom of God by simply knowing what the Bible teaches about love. The second truth. It's not enough to know what the Bible teaches about Christ. And again, the word Christ is the same word for Messiah. The teacher of the law would have known the Old Testament scriptures forward and backward. I mean, they spent their lives with the scriptures, copying it, studying it, discussing it, and teaching it. So they certainly would have known the many Old Testament verses that prophesied a coming Messiah. And they were longing for that Messiah to come and set up what they thought would be an earthly kingdom that would depose the Romans. One of the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah was that he would be born in the village of Bethlehem. Remember what King Herod did in the Christmas story when the Magi, 
the wise men came to him looking for the baby born, born king of the Jews. Matthew 2, verses 4 through 6. When, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in that land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The chief priests and teachers of the law knew that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. They, they knew that he would be a descendant of King David, an heir to David's throne. They, they knew that the Messiah would be preceded by a great prophet like Elijah. And they knew because of the scriptures that the Messiah would enter Jerusalem as a king on a donkey colt. Jesus had been fulfilling these prophecies right before the eyes of these teachers of the law. And so they should have recognized Jesus as the Messiah, but they did not. And so Jesus gave them in today's story another Old Testament verse that was also a prophecy about the coming Messiah. Let me reread it for you again. It's in our text, Mark 12, verses 35 through 37. While Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, how is it that the teachers of law say that Christ, the Christ, is the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself called him Lord. How then can he be his son? The large crowd listened to him with delight. Jesus asked a couple of questions of the teachers of the law in these verses. The first question was easy for them to answer. How is it that the teachers of the law say that the Christ is the son of David? Well, the Old Testament scriptures are clear that the Christ, the promised Messiah, would be a son of David. He would be a descendant of David. I mean, it's clear in the Bible. The second question was much more challenging. Jesus reminds the people of something that David himself wrote in the 110th Psalm. And again, it says that he wrote it by the Holy Spirit. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. The first Lord in that verse is the Hebrew word for Yahweh, which is the Jewish name that they reserve for God. The second Lord... It is again the Hebrew, the, the Hebrew word Adonai, which describes a ruler, either an earthly or heavenly ruler. And, and so that, in that verse, the Lord God was saying to the ruler King David, in a coming generation, the Messiah will expand God's kingdom, put its enemy under his control. David himself was calling the Messiah the Lord God. Think about that. And then the challenging question, how then can the Messiah, if he's the, the Lord God, 
be David's son? How can he be David's descendants also? How can the Messiah be both God and man? The answer to that question was standing right before them. Jesus was showing himself to be the promised Messiah. But through all that he did, he was also showing himself to be both God and man. All the teachers of the law thought that they knew all about the Messiah. But the truth is, he was far, far greater than they ever expected. But people, even if you know all there is to know about the Messiah, all there is to know about the Christ, it is not enough. That's the second quest truth. You and I can't enter the kingdom of God by simply knowing what the Bible teaches about Christ, the Messiah. That brings us to the third truth, and that is it's only enough when you put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We enter God's kingdom by putting our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. This teacher of the law understood the importance of love. Loving God and other, loving others. But the truth is he wasn't falling in love with Jesus. This teacher of the law knew a lot about the promised Messiah. He knew enough about it that he should have recognized Jesus as the Messiah. But he didn't. They didn't. And they didn't believe. Instead they opposed him. And most of them were out to destroy him. See, there's a difference between knowing about love and loving. There, there's a difference between knowing about Christ and believing in him. We have no idea what the teacher of the law in today's story eventually did with Jesus. Did he eventually fall in love with him? Did he eventually believe in him as Lord and Savior? We don't know. But we do know. What we do know is that some of the Jewish leaders who opposed Jesus ended up believing in him. Look, look at Acts 6, verse number 7. It says, So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. There were obviously many in Jerusalem that came to faith in Jesus. And in today's story, it says that the large crowd, they listened to him with great delight. He was amazed. They were amazed with him. But many did, stop, did not stop with just listening to Jesus. They, they didn't stop with just being amazed with what he did and what he taught. Many putting their faith in him as their Lord and Savior, including at least some who opposed him. I'm concerned this morning that there are many people who know a lot about the Scriptures, but aren't letting the Scriptures guide their life. They know a lot about love, but they aren't really loving Jesus or loving people. They know a lot about Christ, but they aren't believing in him are trusting Him for their salvation. 
People, if that's where you're at this morning, Jesus would say about you what he said to the teacher of the law, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You are this close to God's kingdom, but you are not there yet. My message to you is the same as Jesus' message. The time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near to you. Repent from your sins and believe the good news. Put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the only way to enter the kingdom. It is through Jesus and our faith in Him and His sacrifice. Let me close with four verses. The first two from the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And then the second from the book of 1 John, 1 John 3, 23 and 24. And this is his command. To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commandments lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. People in light of God's grace and Jesus' sacrifice. How sad it would be. How sad it would be. If we ended up just being this close to God's kingdom and miss out. Let me share you some practical application here this morning as we close. Some things I think we need to do as a result of this morning's message. Number one, determine where you're at in your relationship with Jesus. Are you in love with him and have you put your faith in him? I mean, those are key questions And people, your eternity, the kingdom, depends upon how you answer those questions. And so number two, decide to put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and love Him and love others. That's our challenge every week. That's part of the reason I'm in ministry. Because I want everyone to know that they can be a part of God's kingdom, God's eternal kingdom, but is only by putting your faith in Jesus, loving him with all that you've got, and then living for him. And then last of all, share the good news about Jesus with others. There's no way to enter God's kingdom except through faith in him. People, we need to remember something that Jesus said. It's over in John, the 14th chapter. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Did you get that? No one comes to the Father except through me. Another verse, Acts 4, verse number 12. This is from Peter. He said, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. People, only Jesus saves. Not just knowing about him, but believing in him. Putting your faith in him. 
as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for this chance to share your word. And God, I pray you're working in each person's life who listened to this message. God, I pray that they will know that they're a part of your kingdom. Because they've believed in you and they have entrusted their lives to you. And so God, again, move us, each of us in that direction. That we simply may trust him more. Work in our lives. Work through our lives. We pray in the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. As always, we thank you so very much for listening and sharing with us on Sunday mornings. We want you to know if there's some way that we can minister to you, some way we can help you out, feel free to give us a call on our church phone. It is 217-379-4443. Or again, you can contact us through our website. There's a contact page there, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. We'll be glad to help you in any way. We hope you have a great Christmas. We look forward again to sharing with you next Sunday. Have a great week. God bless.